to the journey. I'm your host, Julianne Hartman, and I have a very special show for you today. My friends, Charlie and Joe LeBlanc are here joining us to talk to you about redemption, to talk to you about something that happened to them that was so personal, that was life-changing, but God redeemed them from all of it and has healed their hearts. In 2008, their son was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And in 2009, he went to go be with Jesus. Now, who can live past that? Well, Charlie and Jill LeBlanc do. They are worship leaders and have been for many years. They were with Joyce Myers for many years and then Andrew Womack as well. How do you continue to worship the Lord privately and on stage when you just went through something that no parent ever wants to go through? So I want to welcome my friends, Charlie and Jill LeBlanc. Hello. Thank you so much, Julian. It's great to be here, Julian. Yeah, thank you guys so much. And especially thank for you, you to, to tell this story, because again, like I said, you know, it's not easy to tell a story about a loss, and especially a loss of a child. Yeah. And uh, again, it's something that no parent ever wants to ever experience. And so, you know, so definitely, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer, and it was very quick. It was nine months. Yes. Right. All right. So nine months of, I'm sure, was pretty much going through a lot of just trauma and turmoil and emotions and everything else. Can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? You know, really, in the very beginning, it wasn't so much trauma and turmoil. It was all hands on deck, and we had a job to do to get our son well, and we fought every front. We did the natural thing. We did, you know, doctors and treatments and all that. But, um, and of course, prayer and well, the Word yeah, of God. Well, yeah, spiritual, of course, yeah. Well, that was the, that was like the foundation of course, that you all of stood everything on. we right. did, and we right. lived, yes. we lived it. So, yeah. but um, I mean, it was it was it wasn't that hard. It was hard on one sense that we just never stopped. But right. but spiritually, we just we were good. We we just kept pressing on. We knew God's word is true. This thing's just gonna have a beautiful ending, right. and all that. So through the whole journey, you know, the strength and the peace of God was with us, you know, because we just had that confidence and we were in his presence and confessing right. his word and, and worshiping him and, and had worship music going on or the word going on all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, although, like she said, it was hard work, we were still uh, at, at peace. Now, in, in our... so during the nine months, were you guys still on the road at all or had you stopped everything? No. We, yeah, we, we continued. We continued mm-hmm. to uh, travel and uh, our daughters would come in and help and stay with Bo when he was going through treatment. And then we would run out and do Andrew Womack conferences and uh, other conferences. We were also working at Karis Bible College at the time, starting the music school. Okay. So that kept us, we were going every other week and uh, would spend three days there and then go back to Jacksonville, which is where we were during that time. Okay. So we kept going. Yeah. So would you uh, tell the audience, like, give the audience some scriptures that you guys were standing on? Um, I know we all know, you know, by his stripes, mm-hmm. I'm healed or my or Bo is healed. But what else helped you guys as parents strengthening you to mm-hmm. keep you moving and to keep you staying in that position of faith? Well, you know, there was like you like we said, so many scriptures that we just had all over the walls and right. going over on our CD players and so on. Uh, one in particular in Isaiah um, 43, 2, that said, uh, he will go through the fire and not be burnt. We'll go through the waters and it will not over, over, 
cometh. So that was just one one of the little glimpses that really strengthened us. But, you know, obviously, uh, you know, just that the Lord was with us always. He would never leave us or forsake us. That, uh, you know, uh, one thing that Bob Nichols said, the first report is not the last report. You know, things of this nature, that's not a scripture, but still is a great word. And, uh, you know, just all the powerful scriptures that if you believe, all things are possible to him to believe, you know, uh, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that by his stripes you're healed, uh, you know. Um, he went about doing, doing good, good and healing, healing all, all that were oppressed of the devil. Yeah. And, yeah, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities and bare diseases in Matthew 8. So, I mean, we just had them all. And it was all just a great, uh, a great encouragement to us and uh, just, a, you know, something that just kept us fired up right. and kept us going. Now, toward the end of the journey, when Bo was... Uh, De, you know, regressing, declining, declining uh, you know, we continue to just push and push and rebuking the devil, resist him and he'll flee and, and, and binding the enemy. And so, uh, you know, we just fought with everything we had in us through the word of God and uh, through prayer. And uh, like Julius said, we've asked the Lord to help us and show us where we're missing it so we can pray more effectively. So it was a very it was a you know it was a really rough uh, rough time there toward the end because we weren't seeing the manifestation right. that we were looking for. But you know God's grace was on us the entire time, very mm -hmm. very strong. So now we go to 2009, I believe it was January mm -hmm. uh, when he passed away. Mm -hmm. So what happens day one? You know how how did God come in to you know not he was already in your life, but yeah. how did he reveal himself even more to you? How did he heal your hearts? Because your heart has to be completely just trashed. I mean, yeah. what a, you know, it's like, again, we've all gone through things, but, you know, it's like, it's all relative to whoever goes through something like right. that. You know, so how did you see God in, was it in nature? Was it, you know, was it in your, in your daily reading? Were you reading anymore? Were you worshiping? What, what, tell me what happened day one mm -hmm. after he passed. Well, day one and for the next week or so, we were just kind of in a blur. We were in a cloud of like, what just happened? And, you know, you've got so much to plan. We've, we've got a funeral in St. Louis, which is where we were living at the time. And, and we then we had a lot of family in Phoenix, including Charlie's elderly parents, and so we did a funeral there after the St. Louis one. So we just had a lot to plan, not to mention what we were going to do with his body, which we ended up having cremated. And um, so there was just a whole lot to do. So we were just kind of in a blur and just in doing mode, just to get all this done. Following the uh, Phoenix funeral, we were so blessed by Charlie's brother and his wife to uh, open up their their vacation condo in San Diego and allowed us to go there for a month and or just as long as we needed but we stayed for a month and so that was kind of the beginning of day you know the day right. one that you're asking about and yeah. we were we were just lost we got there and we just kind of we just didn't really know what just happened yeah. and uh, we were pretty dumbfounded and uh, didn't read the Bible, didn't talk to God because I I didn't like God anymore. Mm. I didn't like the fact that he didn't seem to keep his promises to us and um, just felt deceived and lied to. And, uh, you know, I just wanted nothing to do with him for quite a while. So, um, you know, we would go for walks. We would read emails of condolences and all that. And, um, uh, just kind of carry on with life. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is that 
even when we turn our backs on God, he doesn't turn his back yeah. on us, right. you know, and he continued to just reach out to us in various different ways. One thing that happened that we were going to talk a little bit about that, that little armband oh, yeah. uh, that came through, that was like two days after he well, passed or so. Well, uh, so a friend of Bo's had made some reminder bracelets when he was still with us that said um, Isaiah 43, 2, which is the you shall walk through the fire and not be burned scripture. Right, right. So it had that reference on there because that, that was kind of our main so everybody was flagship just scripture. Yeah. And uh, so he had several made for all the friends and family and, and we ran out. So I took it upon myself rather than to bother his friend to have some more ordered. And so I, I put it all together and, you know, kind of changed it a little bit, put Bo's whole name on there and, and the scripture and, um, that's about yeah, it, I whatever. guess. Yeah. So then ordered those, and then Bo died. And I completely forgot about the bracelets. Yeah, I, that was the last thing on my mind. Right. Well, he died on uh, early Wednesday morning. Saturday, these arrive. Oh, wow. And I, I, I get this box. I'm like, what is this? Open it up, and it's the bracelets. And I'm oh, just gosh. staring at them, and I just oh, like, burst yeah. into what tears. What do we need these for now? Right. So I go, oh, my gosh. So I'm crying, crying, sobbing. Come back around, and I thought, well, let me just look at him. And so I'm looking at him, just, you know, rubbing my thumb over his name and, and just looking at him, turn it over, look at the backside, look at the scripture. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's the wrong scripture reference. <laughs> Oh my! So that gosh. even made it worse for a moment. What like, did I do? Oh, how stupid could I have been? You know that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, right. So after I cried another gush of tears, right. I thought, well, let me see what's on there. You know, see if it's some stupid scripture that has nothing right. to do with anything or I what. Right, I have it right here. Well, I've got it right here okay, too. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, what it was supposed to be was Isaiah forty-three two. But what I put was Isaiah 42, 3. Mm. And so I looked it up in the New Living Translation, which is pretty much what I was reading then and still do. It says this. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. And that was me. I was that reed that was just about to break. And I was that candle that was wow. barely flickering. But then it goes on to say, and he will bring justice to all who have been wronged. And I again, I another yeah. gusher. Yes. There it goes because we had been royally wronged. Mm. We knew we knew this wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. Right. This this is not the way it was supposed to end, and we had been wronged. And and so I just that was really the first flicker of hope that I had been given since, you know, he died Wednesday morning, this is now Saturday, that he will bring justice to those who've been wronged. And, and so that was a bit of a lifeline, right? but yeah. I was still so crushed on the inside that it didn't stick with me for a long time, but every now and then I would be reminded to go back and look at it. And uh, so that, yeah. that was a blessing. From so I have a question. You know, you guys, a lot of times people will put, you know, worship leaders on a pedestal. 
and feel like, you know, you've got a direct line to God. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> nothing ever will, it will ever happen in your life. You right, guys are right. perfect, you know, everything. And so how do you deal with that when, you know, this didn't go the way that you thought it was? Mm -hmm. And um, and then and people are saying, well, how could that be? You guys are worship leaders. Mm -hmm. How did you deal well, with that? It's funny because part of part of me was saying the same thing. <laughs> and God showed me later with pride, you know, but, right. but it's kind of like, you know, how could this happen to me? You know, right. kind of a thing. But um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, it happened and there's nothing I could do about it. So, you know, what I had to do was. Uh, help allow God to help me turn it around yes. uh, and, and live through it and be strong through it and be victorious through it and, and be able to, like we said in second Corinthians, comfort others with the same comfort you've received. So my, for me, uh, you know, I was devastated. Our entire family, we have two daughters. They were devastated. We were all just broken beyond words. It's hard to describe uh, the pain and the disappointment. In reality, I felt betrayed as well. But you, you know, you you like you 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 feel like you you're broken on two part in two parts. One, anybody who loses a child, whether they're a believer or a non-believer nice. or anything, or you know, they're going to be broken. Yes. It, you lose your child. But when you have stood in faith for nine months and and lose your child then you, your theology is broken mm. your your trust in god your trust is broken and so you know those whole that whole arena was a big deal for us because we had to figure out okay where do we go from here you know and we turned like we said turned our backs on god kind of guarded our heart because we didn't know what to think what to trust where to go what to believe yeah, what to believe. But one scripture that came to me pretty quickly after Bo passed was in John 6, 66, where uh, well, the disciples, Jesus had just said, if you'll eat my flesh and drink my blood, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. I guess there was a big multitude there. And it said they all left except for the disciples. And he turned to the 12 in John 6, 66. It said, are you also going to leave me? And I don't know, God just... That's God spoke that to me, uh, and just said, "Charlie, where, you know, are you going to leave me?" And, and I was like, I wanted to go start drinking and, and become an alcoholic and sit under the bridge of St. Louis, Missouri, or or commit suicide or whatever. I mean, we were so so depressed, so angry at the at the beginning, but uh, but you know, this scripture helped me because it said, "Lord, where else can we go? You have the words of eternal life." And we had a, we had sang a song when we were young Christians that, that said that in it, and that just rang in my heart. That I just thought, you know what, um, I don't understand what happened. I'm upset about what happened. I'm grieving. I'm hurting. I'm crying. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna somehow. I want to keep my heart with God. I want to keep. I want to somehow stay with Him through this. So. Uh, along with this scripture, one of the things that I started doing was I got into survival mode and I just started reaching out to other ministers who I knew of others that had lost their son as well. And I started reaching out to other ministers and saying, how did you make it? Help me. I'm going to I'm going to crash. I'm going to burn. I need help because this is driving me crazy because you just have a, a spiritual warfare just extremely oh, heavy sure on your brain. You can't hardly sleep at night because you recall 
the pain, you recall the, the moment of his passing, you have nightmares, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you just wonder, oh no, is this, is this real? And, you know, it's so hard to describe the pain of losing a child. And, and so many have lost loved ones and, and, uh, and you understand, those who, who have lost do understand. Uh, we did a little Facebook Live with you the other day and I had a good friend of mine who lost his daughter. He texted me right away, thank you, Charlie, thank you, you know, for sharing this because you know, that is so powerful. Can't wait for your book, that kind of a thing. Right. So, but, uh, but anyway, you know, the good, the, the, the blessing is that God never leaves us. He'll never forsake us. No matter what we go through, no matter how hard it gets, he's never leaves us. He's always there. And, and even if you are not open to his love, even he keeps loving you. And so you just yeah. eventually get melted by the fact that he'll never forsake you and never stop loving you. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how we began to open up our hearts and receive from him. Do you feel life. that you almost had to test the waters a little bit back with him? Yeah. You, it was a slow... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, well, the whole journey was that way. It was kind of like, okay, we got that one scripture. I got this scripture. We got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, you know, we see a little bit of light. And so we would take a few steps forward now, was there but comfort in that? Comfort in that? Was, there a, was, was, the, was the comforter there in that moment? Yes. I mean, it might have just left right away, but did you feel that comfort in that moment? Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, the, you know, obviously the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Yes, right. And so his comfort was always trying to get us <laughs> and trying to minister to us. He was always trying to, to help us. And uh, uh, so, yeah, we would receive bits of strengthening but like you said you said it very very good there julianne because it's kind of like in a marriage if you get betrayed let's just, let's just say and i i don't know what this would be like but if you're in a marriage and and your spouse has an affair okay mm -hmm. and you're broke i mean you're hurt you, the one you love right. the one that loved you and promised everything to you all of a sudden you don't trust them right and you're like I, and so the the spouse says i'm so sorry forgive me I'll never do it again, I promise you. Were you just going to say, oh, okay, praise God, come on. Right. No, you you, mm -hmm. you got some testing time. And yeah. that even in the ministry, when, when a minister falls, you know, they say, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven, Jesus forgives me, and I'm good, so let's go keep going. Well, no, you should go through some testing. You should go through some, you know, some examination and, and grow. Anyway, that's getting too deep. But anyway, the bottom line is that, yes, I it, it was kind of like, can I trust you? Right. Can I trust you? And and, you know, one of the things that I have struggled with is reading uh, the Gospels. I was finding scriptures like, you know, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil for thou art with me. So even if I go through death, he will, he'll be with me. And I was finding a lot of Old Testament scriptures where David lost his son and where, you know, at Ziglag, they all lost their, and they were weeping and crying and, and things that comforted me and affirmed me that I wasn't going to go crazy, that God was going to help me get through this painful ordeal. I would find scriptures, but I couldn't. Sometimes when I get into the Gospels and I would see Jesus healing people, that was hard for me. You know, right. I was like, wait a minute. I, that, I, you, can't, you can't figure it out. You can't reconcile it. You know, with some reconciliation here. How can that and this? So, so the things that didn't make sense for me, I just, um, I just had to back off from them. You know, and the things that did make sense to me, that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Right. To bind up their wounds. Like Joe said, a bruised reed he will not break. A, a, 
dimly dim, uh, burning light he'll not put out, you know. These kind of thoughts about God is going to help me through this, you know, he'll, he'll comfort those who mourn. So he'll bring comfort, he'll bring strength, he'll heal our broken hearts. So that gave me hope that God, that God was going to bring me through this, but I didn't know how. But yes, even in that journey, you just, I was cautious, <laughs> cautious and very hard to trust for anything, you know, because we were just so quick to believe God for anything. You Do know? you think that, um, you know, a lot of times we get condemning thoughts, you know, there are our own thoughts that are coming after us. Mm -hmm. Did you guys experience any of that? Mm -hmm. Of like, I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah, because that's what I love is the scripture says, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. Yes. You know, and that's what happens is that you're you're trying to move forward, but you get bombarded with these thoughts. And yeah. so what were some of the, the condemning thoughts that you guys did go through? Well, a lot of it was, um, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done that treatment at that hospital. Maybe we should have done gone down to MD Anderson in Houston instead of the Mayo and do that. Maybe we should have worked uh, more with this holistic guy and, and not that. And, you know, I mean, we, we feel, we feel like we did everything we could spiritually right, with the word of God, but it was see, all the other stuff. Well, the devil is going to try to work his way in there any way he yeah. can he and try to condemn you right. for it. Yeah. Right. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I battled big time with, you know, like maybe I should have fasted and prayed the entire right. time. Maybe I should have just mm -hmm. fasted. For yeah. nine months and then you would have Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, you know, all those things. You know, the, right. the enemy is the accuser of yes. the brethren. Yes. So he just pounded us, pounded us in the natural and in the spiritual with you're no good. I mean, me even as a father, as the head of the house, I mean, trust me, that was condemning. Mm. I mean, I wanted to just die. I wanted to escape this because I felt like the biggest failure. Right. And at times still I got to fight that because he'll still point and accuse, accuse me, you know. And you know, it's interesting because if you look at it, you would, th you would think, I know this may sound a little crazy, but you're already at the worst place you could be. Really, the devil's going to still mess with you. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. how bad can it get yeah, right now? Yeah, it's like, now? I won, so I'm a good Yeah, guy. so like, yeah, I'll leave him alone until they start trying to rise up. But he really tried to, to take you guys yes. out as well. Because yes. if he takes you out of the ministry completely, right. then millions of people that have been affected by your songs would be complete. I mean, not that they'd be lost, but they, there'd, be, there'd be something missing. Right. Because there was a purpose for you guys, and there still is for what you do. Right. You know, just yesterday, we you met someone that you never have met in person, but she was like just going crazy when she realized who you were because she had all your songs on her phone, and she was freaking out at the mm -hmm. fact that you know that you that you affected her life, and that's yeah. where you're not going to even probably meet half the people yeah. that you've affected. But see, that's where the enemy wants to come at you. Is to, he, just, he doesn't care about you. Right. He wants to ruin your ministry. Right. He wants to take yeah. that word and steal it from you. Exactly. You know, that's why we build up, you know, people like them. You know, they're human. They, I watch them eat. I watch them use the restroom. I didn't go in, but I watch them go into the restroom. Like I watch them. You have video cameras yeah. everywhere. No, no, no. But I mean, I watch them as regular human people yeah. that do everything that we do. Yeah, yeah. But yet we put them on pedestals yeah. and we say that they're perfect. 
And we can't do that. Your relationship with Jesus is your relationship with Jesus. The word is the word for you as the word is for them. But it's your personal relationship with Jesus. And so we have to get that right because I did it when I was sick. I was looking Mm -hmm. at other people. I was was looking at them and saying, my God, they lost somebody or they didn't get healed. Well, how am I going to get healed now? Because they must have way more bounty points with God because you guys are worship leaders. No, (laughs) that's not true. But I had to mature. I had to find out about that. The Lord had to show me that it's a personal walk with each of us individually. Even though you two are a couple, it's your own personal walk because you got affected one way and Jill got affected another way. But, you know, still kind of the same thing. But you handled it differently right. because right. of your own walk. But exactly. so let's talk about you know that that redeeming that that redemption because where you guys are now, I mean, yeah. I don't know what it was like the first time you got on stage mm-hmm. and you started worshiping the Lord, you know, in a, a corporate setting, you know. But when I see you now, eleven years later, you know, mm-hmm. I see them now, and man, sometimes in your in your times of worship, it's like you bring us to heaven. Mm-hmm. You do. You bring us to heaven. And you have to open up your eyes and go, oh, wait, I'm here in this. I'm not in heaven. I'm at this convention or that convention or whatever. So, or a conference, actually. So tell me, like, how do you get from there? What did God have to do? How did he, did he chase you down? Was he gentle? Was he like tapping on you? Jill, 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 look this way. Come with me. Tell me. Mm -hmm. Well, in the very beginning, you know, like I shared earlier, I was just so lost, so broken. And there was about a month that I didn't pray, didn't, didn't even, I would catch myself just praying out of habit and stop myself. And I don't do that anymore. But um, I just, I just put it all behind me. I was done. And after about a month's time, I began to just sense little glimpses of light in my heart that I, hadn't felt in a, in weeks mm. and uh just just little little blessings that wouldn't mean much to anyone else but were special to me just began to happen just little things and i i realized as things like this continued that this was this was the lord reaching out to me in love and i began to see his fingerprints on just a lot of these little things that were taking place and he was he was reaching out to in love to me, but he waited until I was ready. He, it, had that happened earlier on, I either wouldn't have noticed, or I would still have not wanted anything to do with him. But but after a few weeks' time, and some things just settled, the Lord began to reach out in love to me, and I'm so grateful that He did. But it still was a long time after that, uh, probably three more months before we ever got on stage. And um, for me personally, it was, I was just pretty much an autopilot in right. the beginning. I just got up there. I didn't want to be in front of people, but, you know, that's our job. It's your job. <laughs> so right. we had to go back to work. You're like, why wasn't I like an assistant somewhere? <laughs> right. <laughs> in an office where I can hide. I know. And, um, so I just, I just guarded my heart. I got up there, I played, I sang, and then I got down and went to the back as soon as possible right. and did, did it that way for several months. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in the middle of the summer. So that was in, uh, the first time we got 
uh, it was end of April. That's I think the first time we played and led and uh, probably in July. So two, two months, two and a half months later, almost three months. Um, I had an encounter with the Lord during the worship and, mm. and, uh, Great. we just all were, we're having a free worship <laughs> session. Every, you know, my eyes were closed. Everyone was just worshiping freely and, you know, just, I was just, was just playing and, and were all, you at a conference? We were yep, leading at a, a conference. conference. Okay. Yeah. I was on stage and all of a sudden Bo just appeared to me. I mean, just, <laughs> And his arm was behind my back, like a hug, you know, a half side hug. And, mm. and he just said, let's worship Jesus. And he just had this massive smile on his face. And he just was looking at Jesus as he said it to me. And, you know, in, I'm seeing all this in the spirit. My mm. eyes were closed the entire time. But, you know, when he first went, whoosh, he was right here because he was a little taller than me. And, and I just went, oh. <gasps> like that and look and just and that's when he did let's look let's worship jesus so um that was the beginning for me of being able to connect with the lord and the lord spoke to me and said um or and showed me that when i worship him that Bo is also worshiping him right and it's something that's the one thing that we can still do together yes is worship him and so it, it you know, yeah, my motives were maybe not exactly where they needed to be, but it's like I wanted to spend more time in worship so I could be with Bo more, <laughs> you know, and uh, and so that, that's how he, he began to draw me in in the beginning. And then, you know, just as time has gone on, you know, we've, we've healed more and more. It's been a very slow process, but um, he just continues to just meet us where we are yeah. right and he will meet you where you are that's right you don't have to perform that's right you just need to live honestly before god and he is there for you and he will bring you through what you're going through and one of your songs your love remains that was one of the songs you wrote after mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so did you write that song? i wrote that one mm -hmm. okay so when you i just just because i'm asking this question i always wonder <laughs> when you sing that song does that bring you back to that time Still to this day, well, or has it? It it, it doesn't. Uh, it, it it just interestingly, uh, it the thought of well, yes, it does in a way because when I get to that line that your love remains above everything, I think about the fact that through that difficult, pain, painful, really painful season, that you know God's love remains. So yes, it does, but unfortunately when we were doing the vocals for this album, uh, our producer, who we got so close with, he passed since. Oh, gosh. So a lot of times nowadays when I'm singing the song, I'm thinking about him and my heart's just breaking. Oh, but anyway, and I'm, I'm in contact with his mom and so forth. But, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, there were several songs that we wrote and put on that album, Your Love Remains, after where, uh, after Bo passed, where we just um, bore our hearts and, and try to, uh, you know, we, we're trying to help people that have been through losses. Right. I mean, it's just totally by the grace of God that we've made it through and that we're, we're where we're at today. I mean, there were times that I'd be singing and just worshiping the Lord and, and experiencing His presence, and my brain would come in, or probably the accuser of the brethren right. would come and just say, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be praising God, you know, uh, 
you just lost your son. How can you be such a hypocrite? You're not supposed to be praising God. And and I go, yeah, you're right. I'm not supposed to be praising uh-huh. God. But then my spirit would just continue to soar in worshiping Jesus. And so, um, you know, again, Jesus is the answer to everything. And he's the healer of the broken heart. He comforts those who mourn. You know, uh, he he's the one that you have to turn to in the midst of all this. You don't want to. It, because when you've been disappointed in, in our situation with faith, you know, and our faith didn't actually go the way we expected it to go. But, uh, but you know, he's, he's still the only one that can fix anything. He's the right. fixer, you know, and you've heard me share right. that testimony yes. Yes. About, about him being the fixer. And, and, you know, it was his love and it was the love of people. Right. That and helped him us working it. through people. Absolutely. Yeah, to Absolutely. love you guys. Right. You know, you know it's always awkward and weird when you don't know what to say to the person that Absolutely. has just lost a, a loved one and you're like, Do I say anything? Do I not say anything? Is it rude if I don't? Because they're like be like, Why are you not talking? You know, I mean, right. hey, let's get rid of the elephant in the room. Yes. You exactly. Know, that kind of thing. And yes. so, you know, yep. maybe you can, you know, tell the audience like, what would you guys have I mean, what was your the perfect response from people during this time? Well, one of them was, one of them, one of them is still, um, when people would just say, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry for yeah. the loss. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. Not to say, well, thank God he's in heaven. Yeah, not, not the pat, not the not, pat, sorry for your loss, sorry for your loss. No, not it, that, that even gets mechanical. Right. Me. But I, a sincere, yeah. uh, sorry for your yeah. loss. <laughs> and, 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 and not to say the obvious, like. I'm so glad he's not suffering anymore. Well, you know, I'm glad he's not suffering. Well, of course anymore. you're glad he's not right. suffering. Right, of course not. But you know, just affirm the the bereaved need affirmation, and just to love them mm. and and acknowledge the loss. I'm uh, a, a good friend of mine. Her husband dropped dead in their bathroom two and a half years ago. I mean, he had just come home from the gym. He was in great physical shape. And um, so it was all very sudden. And, you know, it was just so unexpected. And so two and a half years later, she still sometimes has panic attacks because it was just all so, I mean, just her world turned upside down like that. Um, So anyway, uh, some people would never would acknowledge anything. They just would not never say anything to her because they they didn't know what to say, didn't want to remind her of the pain, you know, and that would happen to us, too. And our our first grandson was born six months after Bo died. And people would say, oh, I hear you're having a grandson. That's so special. And they but they wouldn't say anything about I've heard about Bo and I'm so sorry. You know, and so it's like avoiding the obvious, like you said, the elephant in the room. Oh my gosh, do not let that elephant breathe. Just acknowledge the elephant in the room, show them sympathy. And, you know, another thing is when people say, there's no way I can understand what you're going through. I'm just so sorry. And I'm praying for you. That's huge. That right there is huge. Yeah. And the old cliche about, you know, well, praise God, he's in heaven. Just hopefully most people understand that that's not helpful right? <laughs> he's still not here but, but we're right. still here yeah. you know and I you know we're glad for him the truth of the matter is he us. is in heaven but you see here's the thing there's a lot of things that we know 
But until the Lord reveals it to us yes. in His special way is when it becomes life to us. Mm. One day I was I was walking through the hall of my home and I kicked the wall and I said, darn it, Bull. I said, why'd you have to die? You know, it's just one of those moments. Right. And I mean, as quick as I said it, I heard him, and I know theologically this can get kind of crazy, but I heard him say, Dad, don't ever say I died. I'm more alive than I've ever been. I mean, I heard that. I was like, wow. You know, so. Well, so, so who's going to argue that? Point? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't yeah. even know. I, I don't know theologically how all that works. Doesn't matter. Or what it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. It was a word for me. Maybe well, it was just the, uh, the Lord the speaking vision. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he came on stage. Exactly. You know? So, I, and there were many things like that that happened to That's me. That's awesome. Where you know, one day I was in, I was at a Walgreens, and uh, and I was walking through a, a, an area, and when Bo passed, he was living in Phoenix, Kemi was living in Florida, and Cherry was living in Australia. So my kids were everywhere, and you're getting a feeling of that right yes. now because now you have one daughter in yes. Nashville. But uh, but this was the first time all our kids were gone, and and I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know what? I said I'm okay, I'm okay with this. I said as long as my kids are with you, and they're they're tight with you, I said, it doesn't matter to me where they yes. are, as long as they're prospering and they're 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 close with you. And so I'm walking through Walgreens and I see something that reminded me of Bo, and and I complained. I don't remember exactly what I said, but the Lord said, <clears throat> Charlie. Didn't you tell me that as long as your kids were close to me, that you were okay with it? You know, and that was another one of those things. Now, if someone would have pointed their finger at me when I was grieving and said, now, Charlie, your son is close to Jesus, so you shouldn't be grieving. I would have punched him out. Right. Okay. But the Lord spoke that to me at a moment when I could handle it, when I needed it. And it really helped me, you yeah. know, because I knew, you know, we know we know that he's with Jesus. We know he's in a better place. We know he's happier. We know we're going to be with him again. You know, we had one close friend said, Charlie, every day you get one step closer to him. Well, I was you going know? to say, death has no sting yeah. because you win. Exactly. I know. <laughs> you that, win that's either the way. Beauty of yeah, it. You, you really win. do. You really do. It's, it's, it's the, carnage, the carnage or whatever you could, the pain, the, the, the confusion. In our case, the confusion of theology. And it's just the pain of missing your child, right? And and you know thinking about his future and what you could have had, and you know Jill had visions of of his children and and things like this. Uh, There's all kinds of stories we could tell you, but but yeah, but the truth of the matter is we will see him again. And David himself said that in in the in scripture. He said, "I I cannot, uh, he cannot come to me, but I will go to him. You know, he cannot come to me, but I will go to him." And so we know that we're going to have an incredible reunion. Yes. With, uh, you know, that's even with uh, children that maybe you've miscarried. Yes. Because I miscarried um, a couple years after we had our second daughter. And so I just want to encourage anybody yes, out there true. that has had, you know, some people have had, some women have had several miscarriages. Yes. That's rough. But, you, yes. but, but we didn't really know much about the word at that time. And uh, we called one of our assistant pastors of the church and we said, what do we do with this? And he said, you know, that he can't come to you, but you're going to go to him. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah, like, sure. okay. I mean, I, I was like, I went, okay. Yeah. I, I, I can live with that. That's good. You know, our time here is very short. 
you know? Mm -hmm. So I can live with that. Yeah. Plus, I had two other beautiful girls that, you know, I was like, I wasn't like, sure. you know, some people obviously have had several miscarriages before yeah. they get their first one and they do want to oh, give up. Oh, that's hard. Or that's if hard. they ever. Or if they ever, yeah. Right. And then they start adopting because they, sure. they and then they usually have a baby <laughs> after they adopt. Exactly. Which, yeah. So often, but no matter what, Jesus is the redeemer. Yes, he is. You know, he he loves us, and he and to, I mean, just as much as you guys, you know, as a, as parents, we never want to see our kids go through anything. Mm -hmm. Well, neither does your heavenly Father. No. And he grieves and he hurts with us yes. just as much as we do in the natural, yeah. right? Because when the Bible scripture says that you know you being evil giving good gifts, you know, it's like as good as I think I am, I still am not God. Right. You know? Right. And so, but I just I love that, and I love what you guys are doing. So. They're writing this book. It's called A Beautiful Hope. Um, there's a little subtitle, What You Do. How to Survive When Your Loved One Does Not. Right. So right now, that's a working title. Yeah, it may change. Yeah, it may change. But no matter what, I would get the book because this book is going to really set you free. You'll see the journey. You'll know, you know who they are and what they went through. But the biggest thing is that they stand up for is the but God part. Yes. No matter what happened. God brought us through all of it. That's and right. so I encourage you to get that book when it comes out. And you can also go to their website, with charlieandjill.com, and get their music. You know, they're not just some uh, a couple, a worship group that just kind of spits out a bunch of stuff. Their music is is it's in their heart. It's in their, their soul. This music isn't just written just off the top of their head. Maybe in the beginning it was. But their music, though... Yeah. No matter what, it was Holy Spirit driven, breathed, guided, because every song that I've ever, you know, taken in as my own of theirs literally has changed like the way that I was feeling. It changed the thought pattern. Mm. It, ch it changed my mind on Praise certain things. And it brought me to a place where I could worship the Lord on a level to where I would start seeing some of the stuff that I was holding on to kind of just start fading away so their stuff is really important please get it download it buy it whatever you have to do um, but this is their ministry now they are going to go and help the ones that are brokenhearted and you know no matter what Jesus he did come to heal the brokenhearted we don't know what that broken heart may have been a result of but the bottom line is that he came to heal the brokenhearted so and to set the captives free as well so thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. You know, it's so it's great, great because to be here. you might have thought that your career, that your career that is still going on as being worship leaders and, you know, and, and writers and all that, it's going to a whole other level yeah. because really. of where God now is, is sending you and taking you. And I just think it's really exciting. And you guys, I've been, this is your first experience of really hearing this story. So you're at the birth of a new ministry for them. Right, so uh, anyway, I think it's great. And we love you guys. And we'll see you next time on The Journey.